Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to keep us positive, people, to keep us positive, we've decided to make Fucking this positive. a little bit of a drinking game. A little bit, yeah. So anytime we say anything negative at all. Or stupid. Or stupid. And to make sure the Sisu marketing team doesn't lose any sleep, we're going to go ahead and keep ourselves honest by playing this sound. Which means Ooh. that we need to take a drink. And we actually hope you at home drink along with us. All right. So, pour yourselves a glass while we talk about a movie that's basically the story of one man trying to find an open ATM in Manhattan after 10 p.m. set against the background of World War II. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ. God. Fucking cheers. God have, you, have you tried to find an ATM lately? Oh, my fucking God. Dave, they, shut him, t- they, sh- they shut them down. Is that like your takeaway from this movie? They no, can't... Not, not at all. They, 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 no, shut, them, they shut them down so people can't sleep in them. The bodega, no, the bodega cats have taken control of them all. <laughs> we already did a cheers with him, so people who are listening don't, oh, yes. don't understand. But but yeah, well, let's just get let's just get right <laughs> into the introduction of our of our guest who's with us today. In case you missed all the lovely social media, who put together that Instagram story? Who was that, you guys? Jeff that, or Dave? That was Jeff. I respectfully the, abstain the, from the, answering the, that question. Oh come on, so sweet, so <laughs> cute, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have a guest here. Welcome to the podcast, the actor from Sisu, from many other things we're going to talk about as well, Mister Jack. Doolin, welcome Ow. to the show, dude. Thanks me, gentlemen. Oh man, this is fun. Yeah. Um, it's the, it's yeah. the, so this is it. actually the first time we've had an actor from the movie we're talking about on the show. Am, am yeah. I the first time you've ever had a guest, or is it always just been you three? No, no, we, we, we we've had guests, guests um, but they usually guests yeah. sometimes for sure. Yeah, okay, cool. um, but we have not had one a guest who is who is literally on in the project that we're discussing that week. Right. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is new ground for home. us. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Listeners at home, uh, you may recognize Jack Doolin. Uh, if you go see this, so you may recognize his face from a uh, project such as Cemetery Junction, the Ricky Gervais feature from uh, 2010. Uh, who was in that? A little known actor named Felicity... Jones. Jones, is that right? Yeah, maybe you've heard of her. Uh, mm-hmm. If you didn't see that, maybe you saw the uh, eventually got bought by Netflix, the great detective, female de- uh, led detective story, Marcella. A few seasons on that. He was in the first two, I believe. First two. He also played one of the TNT twins <laughs> on Fuck. last season yes. of The Boys, season three. He hosted the orgy. In case you don't know who the TNT twins are, that was him. Uh, and many, many Wait. other things. It would have been a weird couple of Too weeks, that fun. one. That was a weird couple of weeks. Too much fucking fun, dude. And Jack, tell us very quickly how you how you got your start. What was like? What was the first big project you were on for people who don't know how you kind of broke in? Um, well, I, I went to quite a famous children's theatre in, in Islington in London. Um, turned out a lot of people. Like Daniel Kaluuya was in my class. Um, so I was like go. really young. I think I did my first guest spot on a TV show when I was about seven or eight. Um, and then as a teenager, I was in a spin-off of a famous sitcom in England. And I was in that for about four years. So that, that was... That's good. Um, that was my first like, regular job. That's awesome. Regular Dave, job. Dave, here's a little... Mm. Dave, here's a little... I don't think I showed this to you guys, but I wanted to call this out and let Jack speak to it just for a second. 
Jack was in a short called The Fly in 2015, and it went to a bunch of festivals. Uh, and one, one of them, Roger Deakins either saw it or was on like a judging panel. He was on the panel. Yeah, and he ended up saying some really nice things. Wait, who about saw it? it? And I just. My headphones no, ripped off. He is no, on our. <laughs> Dave's head just ripped off. My headphone ripped Roger, off. Wait, Roger you... Deakins. Oh, never heard of him. I thought you were kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's on our Mount Rushmore of the show, yeah. right next to Mark Rylance. Come on. And Richard Kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jack, welcome to the show. We're going to talk more about it. Uh, let me just shout out really quickly. We have a beer sponsor. His name is Carlos motherfucking Barozzo. Right. You can find That's that guy's handle on name. Instagram. That's exactly right. <laughs> cbarozzo.beer. That's the handle on Instagram. C-B-A-C-B-O-A-R-R-O-Z-O.beer. How many times have I said that? And we have some music on this episode and some music on every other fucking episode. And it is all provided by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein, D-A-S-E-I-N. You can find uh, links in the show notes, follow all, uh, all the music. It's on all the usual music platforms. Go to Spotify, Apple Music, download. Enjoy. All right, Jeff. Fucking set us up, dude. What, what are we talking about? We're talking about Sisu. I should also say... Um, so Dave, so Jack actually took Dave and I out for drinks a couple months ago. We got pissed, as they like to say abroad. You were filming an episode of TV show here. Pissed, and we got hammered. Apart from <laughs> apart from Jack making fun of my uh, my. Uh, it's just too cute. We didn't finish our beer. That's how. I mean, come on. We like committed the cardinal sin. We went to a bar. We were like, nope. We just got anyway jack paid for it all so thank you again jack i really appreciate that i want to say that we owe you one but i don't actually feel that way but thank you i like <laughs> jesus but we had fun and hopefully we'll be back in the city soon okay we're talking about sisu people sisu this is directed by jamari helander who has taken on such topics in the past as unearthing santa claus who is frozen underground <laughs> and um, his... Yeah, which one was that? That one was called... Um... Rare Exports. That was Rare Exports. Yeah, Rare Exports. Oh my God. And he's also taken on an Air Force One crash with the President of the United States. And now here he is killing Nazis. I mean, what an unbelievable you know director. What? You get, the you get it right in the end. <laughs> and I've said before, no well, more Nazi I, movies. And I, like I take it the, it the fuck back after this movie. <laughs> So this yeah. is um, this is this just came out in the U.S. It, it is get, it's still opening up. It's not in a ton of theaters yet. So hopefully the word of mouth will help spread. So make sure that a thousand and six screens as of today. Nice. In the United States. In the United States. I'm going to yeah. say the rain here in New York fucks everybody up. People don't go to the movies when it rains. In the in the suburbs, maybe they need to get out of the house. In the city, they don't go to the movie theaters when it rains. It. It's just the truth. I got a I got a quick beef as well with uh, AMC Times Square. Do you want to make a gripe um, out of it or what? I mean, if you want, uh, basically, Set I'll that just fire this off. Let's go. All right. um, I, I looked up the times for this to go and see it, and Lincoln Center had a full day of screens in Dolby. And Times Square That's didn't right. start showing this fucking movie till 5.30 p.m. I'm like, what not the hell, sure. man? Like, what, yeah. Not a lot of 10 a.m. Nazi yeah, killing what, what, going what on? Is in, what is in your Dolby cinema the rest of the... Okay, it's, it's Super Mario Brothers, but like... Yeah, it's just fucking com- kids, just get out of there. Yeah, like it's, it's made a billion dollars. Let it make it go away. Jack, you have kids. Have you seen the Super Mario Brother movie? I have not. I have not. Proud of you. Um, <laughs> no, mine won't sit still. One of mine would. The little one, there's no way she would sit still for a whole movie yet. So I've got about another. That's right. Let's, 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 
Spring nice. for Spring for Dolby Cinema. They got big aisles. One the that yeah. one can just run up and down. It's true. And- <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about Sisu, of course, um, and you know, basically, kind of interviewing Jack along the way. I guess that's our format for today. This is new for us, first time. Hope you guys appreciate it. We have a couple questions from the Instagram. Um, I think we're gonna like them soon. We'll get there when we get there. Should we skip the gripes and get right into it? You guys yeah, let's wanna... get into it. I snuck in one, but let's let's just get into and I it. Guess, yeah. I guess I guess I should just go ahead and put it out there and say to anyone who doesn't know this, Jack is my brother-in-law. So this isn't just a hot grab. It's still we a good guy. We weren't cool enough to go call the Sisu marketing team and get get you know one of their best and brightest. No, we here. actually tried very him. hard to not call the Sisu marketing team. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, there's get, no way he'd be here. Is, is, is Jal Mori available? Jack, how do you actually say his name? Is that right? Jal Mori. Jal Mori. Jal Mori. Yeah. There you go. I'm glad. See, I knew he I'm was going to be here so he could well, at least. Otherwise, I'll be upsetting him as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fucking funny. All right, we're gonna ask um, you. A, we're gonna ask you a million questions. I'm gonna read the okay. IMDb description and then we're gonna get into it. This is a Finnish film. If you check IMDb, it says it came out in 2022, but it to us in America, this basically just came out this weekend, April 28th, Friday. Uh, a date I know pretty well. And um, Jack, we're going to talk to you a little bit more about its premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival in 2022. Toronto is a city mm-hmm. where Jack spent a little bit of time filming the boys. So um, can't get out of ki- You never come to New York except for that one week where, you know, we had to get as drunk as possible. But Toronto, you decide <laughs> to spend your entire life. What joy. Yeah, Wait, I was so- in working. All right. Let's, let's- <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> we went out and got drunk one night. I was The rest of the time I was working. You're right. What yeah, happens? you're right. You're very well. Well, two nights. <laughs> what happens? Yeah, yeah. What happens when, when a proper Jack. Australian? Two nights, Jack. <laughs> when, a, when a proper Australian and a proper Englishman get together, is there, is there a drink off? Is it? Are you, were you? Was there a competition? Like, like the, the bartender you, has no idea what they're we talking don't about. Remember? <laughs> we don't know. Maybe there was to begin with, and then it just evolved into. Yeah, the, the beer God. just got warmer and warmer, so he got happier and happier. I actually don't remember. I only remember two. I only remember two things. We're gonna talk about Cecil. I only remember Ew. two things. Number one, you don't like Apple Watches. Oh, sorry, we should we should cut that out. Uh, number two, um, you grew up near Adele. And number three, I know I said two things. Number three, I'm gonna go um, out on a limb and say there was no Apple product placement in this film. Number three, um, you admit that that. British actors have way better accents than American actors. <laughs> That's true. Those are the three things I remember. Everything else, a little bit of a blur. What a night. I'm gonna read Jeff, this. You just cut. You just cut his future Apple uh, endorsement just... contract off at the shins, no, bro. I, I'm also a bit of a chance. I'm dude. also a bit of a right mind reader because I can tell right now, two at least two of us on the show are thinking, can we just talk about the fucking movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were there to represent the people. I appreciate that. So, Sisu, according to the IMDb description, is about when an ex-soldier who discovers gold in the Lapland wilderness tries to take the loot. Into the city, Nazi soldiers led by a brutal SS officer, and I'll add his first mate, battle him. Was that yeah. description written in Finnish and translated by Google <laughs> Translate? <laughs> it might be. ChatGPT no, wrote this. I don't know. I felt like they this kind of went, exactly. this is what you're getting. And there's this no. Is- yeah. Yeah, and that'll be. I'm, I feel like that, I feel like that essential comment on this movie from the this description. I think that's going to be the biggest thing we're going to end up talking about is how how shamelessly it is what it is, and that's where like the secret sauce of this movie, I think, you know, mm. really lives. 
let's go around the horn. Let's make Jack feel uncomfortable while we either yeah. uh, say really nice things or, or not so nice <laughs> things about what we thought of this movie. Dave, yeah. what'd you think of this movie, dude? I thought it was great. I had a lot of fun. Everyone in my theater, again, had a lot of fun with this um, because uh, one one thing I'll say is, holy fuck, they don't hold back on the violence. You, you don't, like, you don't, you know, it's even... It, I this, saw like, one critic say they didn't, and that critic, I want to, I'm so fucking mad at that one. I hate it so much. They're like, I went easy on it. I was like, I saw a leg bleeding as it flew across the screen. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, sorry, go back to you, Dave. Um, no, I, re- I really dug that it was like in chapters and there was almost no dialogue for a fair portion of it. Um, that kind of was perfect. It built the mythology around him up. I thought, I thought it was really well structured. All, all, all in all, I had fun. This was a good movie. Yeah. Nice. I, uh, I do, I do like the titles. They did, they did like six chapters. I think chapters. it was. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and the titles just got more and more destroyed as, as it went on. It was almost like the physical condition of the lead actor. It just sort of degraded. <laughs> And uh, it, it kind of funny thing. It felt to me like because I think I believe he said he was it was inspired by um, like First Blood and that sort of thing. Um, I felt more like it was inspired by a samurai film. Like it it had a real samurai mm. film to it, uh, like film into it. And it, it was also like it also felt like those shorts they used to put on like the Rocketeer and stuff before movies back in the day. Like you could break this up into five chapters and watch it once a, one a week. Hmm. Jack, what were you saying? Uh, I think Yamari told me it was more like westerns rather than samurai uh-huh. that were a big influence on it. Yeah, I, I saw like, a Japanese western I mean, once, um, and it was a it was a western fusion samurai sort of thing, and that that really reminded me of this. The Magnificent Seven. Sorry, never. It was it was Tarantino kind of a Japanese too, version. Yeah. Fucking oh. Tarantino reminded me of that. Inglorious. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll keep going off of that. I feel like it was a. Uh, Everybody had a blast in my theater. Like everyone really enjoyed watching this movie. We really enjoyed watching this movie. Um, so I'm excited to kind of break it down more. But I think my I think my favorite thing about this movie that I really don't know if it's getting if it's being seen this way in the marketing, because right now they just want to get butts in the seats so that people yeah. can enjoy themselves. But when you watch it, you can really tell. And of course, I have a, a little, you know, little anecdotal information just hearing about when Jack's experience just personally, but this is a shamelessly small independent film that is breaking through and getting international attention right now. And I yeah. don't know if people realize that who are just in middle America or somewhere around the world. You can <clears> tell <throat> the way it's shot that this was independent. You can tell they didn't have weeks and weeks of coverage. They had, they had, a, you know, a lot of times it felt like they had their single camera. They had their chance at getting what it, whether it was a big explosion or a big emotional moment. They edited it as such. It feels like an independent film that is elevated into this crazy, amazing genre. And that's I think that's one of the most attractive things about it is that it does take on a lot of times. I feel like independent films, especially in in this space of like budget wise, are, they end up being a little bit more like character driven dramas. This is genre, right? And it's not horror either. It's dealing with these Western themes. It's dealing with uh, ch- chapter breakdown structure. And it's dealing with a, a period, which is difficult. This is a period piece. And I just think it's uh, that's something that I just filmmaking-wise that I walked away thinking a lot about. Not only did I have fun, and I think anyone can sit down and have fun, but if you're interested in movies at all and how things are made, mm. this was a small film that is so successful approaching each of those elements that it got bought by fucking Lionsgate 
in a bidding war after the Toronto Film Festival at the biggest North American market, and it's now hitting the theaters. And a lot of people don't know the difference between this and fucking you know Guardians that's coming out next week or whatever. You know that's that's so that's so exciting to me. I think that's what's so cool about this. Well, I think the difference is they were actually out there, not green screened. They were fucking out there. Yeah, okay, we're yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna definitely dive into that, Jeff. Let's ask you first, and then I want to hear Jack. Let's ask him a few questions about how it was to actually make it, because oh yeah, I feel like this is it's so cool that he actually got to go there and do that and be out there in that location. It's fucking gorgeous. I'm sure it was an intense experience, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, well, first things first. The location is it. I actually one of my first questions that I asked myself to remember to ask Jack, which we can ask after this, is. What a weird way to phrase that. Yeah. <laughs> so keep going. <laughs> Basically, the way it opens, I mean, again, Western, there's a million comps that you could give, but it, it just, you see like this open landscape vista that's so obviously not in America. I know we're watching this in America and people are watching it all over the world, but I think it is good. You know, we do get a lot of people who are, in, you know, English speaking, so here and then Britain listening. We don't get this story. I didn't know, I didn't even know the Nazis were in yes. fucking Finland. I, I yeah, had dude. no idea. I literally was like, wait, what's, can I see a map? Well, you assumed, right? Hold on. You assumed, right? You were, there wasn't <laughs> no. like the first time. <laughs> no. Why would I assume that? Okay. <laughs> I know that there was a war between one country and the rest of the world and it was close, but I didn't think that it got every, I didn't think it was everywhere. I mean, I knew that it was in a lot of places, but I didn't know. I didn't think about this. Um, so it, right off the bat, I'm already curious. And it's basically yeah. a person with, I, I didn't know anything about this, but I just saw the location and the landscape. It's my favorite thing in the world. It's hard for me to watch TV shows because it looks like the actors can't even touch the set. It looks like they can't pick that pen up without some, like somebody yelling at them. Whereas here we are, Ooh, we're literally in nature with a real horse. And I, I'm just, I'm sitting there going, where does the camera crew sleep? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I just, I, I just immediately was sucked into it. I love the chapter idea. It was so self-aware, it's short. And I'm sure you filmed more than an hour and a half, although I don't know anything, but I, I feel like they cut it down. Sometimes you could leave things on the table. So maybe even you, Jack, are a little bummed that some things didn't make it in. But on the whole, for like a comedy like this, I think it's so well-paced and and it's just, it's exactly right. It's just, exa it's just exactly right. The people behind me were, were shouting out in Spanish and I didn't understand it, but I knew exactly what they were talking about. Everybody was in agreement on this film. We're so happy we saw it together in Dolby with the, with the sound. The sound oh is amazing. Yeah. The music is amazing. It looks that stunning. That score and, is awesome. The throat singing. Yeah. And it plays, oh my God. Yeah. And it plays out like a novel on screen. It's, it's stunning. You know, it's like, it's, I love that you like don't speak for like a half an hour. Yeah, like a novella. I love it. Yeah, yeah. gush me. This Motherfucker, script, gush me. That's for all three of The script reads like a novella. Beautiful. Nice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's, uh, I, I mean, Jeff, all three of us enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, just to fucking call us out here. We're not just doing this because we know Jack and we're excited he's on the movie. We're not just cheerleading. It is it is fun. It is really yeah. good. You're yeah. going to enjoy yourself. Good reviews, high if you audience like that score. Kind of movie, go watch it. Certified fresh. Um, and come on. But Jack, we just like just 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 hit us with a little bit of because again, I know you've kind of told me these things, but I think it's always fun when people get a little bit of the inside scoop. What did you think you were going into when you said yes, and when you went to Finland, and your wife was pregnant, and your and you know, just tell us like, did wow. you know it was going to be this movie? You know, when you decided to take this independent film job somewhere in Europe in the fucking freezing, you know, just talk a little bit about it. Was it was freezing. You were shirtless. <laughs> yeah, it was my. That day was minus twenty five. What? <laughs> Shit! Because <laughs> oh we're in uh, America, Celsius or Fahrenheit? <laughs> uh, in Celsius. 
Yeah, that's hurt. that hurts. So I don't know what I don't know what I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's minus some fucking Vim infinity. Hop, some Vim yeah. Hof shit on this movie. <laughs> and that was my first day filming as well. We shot, we shot largely chronologically, awesome. um, nice. which is obviously rare, but makes so much sense for that story and that movie. <clears throat> um, when I signed on, I was in Toronto, and it was. It was, I can do that in Fahrenheit. I can do hot in Fahrenheit. It was like 96, and I was in a full-body leather super suit doing an action sequence with, like, explosions. I've never been hotter in my life. Like, but, you know, it's the boys, and there was big budgets. And, like, we had a misting tent where you could go and cool down. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then I, I went back to London for a few weeks and then was in Finland shirtless minus 25 and like the juxtaposition to go from yeah. <laughs> going, fucking misting in, 10 on this thing <laughs> you know it's a six million euro movie in the wilderness in finland Wait, uh, did i know what i was signing up for no because i didn't realize how funny it was until i saw it, it did you know the director no no i had a friend of mine suggested me to Yelmery um, and awesome. then I sent an audition and a self-tape um, and then I got on the phone with Mike Goodridge who is the British exec producer for a company called Good Chaos um, Mike's a great producer he's got incredible taste um, and me and Yelmery got on the phone and really got on and then I was off to, off to Lapland so, so at what point when you were filming, or, and I, you know, I think you can say this if, if you feel comfortable, like, did you feel like you were in good hands? Like the whole time when the shoot was going on, were you like, this is going to be something you, you probably didn't expect this kind of incredible breakout success, but did you, did you feel like I made the right choice? This is an independent film that is being helmed by somebody who knows what they're doing. Cause sometimes you say yes to any films, but you're making an independent film and you're kind of just like, I hope everybody is having a good time because there's no guarantees here about what's going to happen with these projects. Um, I guess the answer to that is like two pronged. When I turned up and like, it's where we were was so remote, like so it's the, literally the edge of the earth. Like, so I had to fly from London to Helsinki. Then I got on another plane, which flew somewhere else. And these planes, like they're like buses. They like land. Some people get off, some more people get on. It's like being on the fucking subway, but you flying up. Anyway, so this plane stopped about three times and we were, I was still like 700 miles from where I needed to go. And we did practice <laughs> by coach. Um, and me and Axel did that journey together. We sort of gave us a bit of time because it took us like two days to get there. So we had a bit of time to like bond and sort of form our dynamic. Um, but then this when is we, the actor who plays the head Nazi. Yeah, the actor who plays right. the, the, yeah, the main commander. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Axel, who's he's awesome. Like, he's Brad Pitt level famous in Norway. It's crazy. <laughs> we rented a car one weekend and drove to Norway because we just needed something to do. And, uh, and dude, we sat down at a restaurant within five minutes, and we're still in the middle of nowhere. And within five minutes, there was a queue of like 20 people for selfies with him. I was like, oh, God, that's funny, like, dude. That's so you cool. are, like, super famous here. Yeah. 
He's, um, you're sitting there like I hope that never happens to me. Shit. He, he's also been in the Marshall, the Martian, and some big movies. But he's rec- he's like that that guy. I recognize his face. But he, he, awesome. played, he did a movie called Max Manus, um, where he played a really famous Norwegian freedom fighter, the Resistance fighter. Nice. nice. Apparently, it's a real. I haven't seen it, um, but apparently, it's a really, really good movie. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Dwayne nice. Johnson's Hercules. Yeah, he could be Mads Mads Mickelson in a minute if you you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was there were times when there was a striking resemblance. Yeah. So you went up there. And- so you know, and like the conditions are so harsh that you're just trying to survive and like get through the day. So I do think a little bit of my like maybe my industry brain of like was this the right decision? Is this going to be good? I think that all melted away. It's just so hardcore that you're just trying to get through it. And like, I, I don't like to look at them on it. I don't like watching them playback and stuff like that. I never have done. Um, but I would go and look at some of the stuff I wasn't in. And like, when I was, when I saw how Piao was shooting, like some of the shots of the vistas yeah. and the, that sky and the landscape. And you're like, this this adds like two zeros onto the budget in in terms of production value. Yeah, every now and then yeah. you get a cinematographer yeah. that just looks like they can control the sun and the uh, environment, and yeah. it's yeah, it's it's gold. James, pronounce his name, Kiel Lagrus. Yeah, yeah Kiel Lagrus. Kiel Lagrus. Yeah, they shot the shit out of it. Didn't you tell me that these guys worked together on some commercials? And they kind of cut their teeth, like getting how how do we make it look as fucking sexy as possible on limited budgets, and then bring those skills into independent feature making. Hmm. I think so. I mean, Yamuri not so much because Yamuri obviously had rare exports, but then like Big Game was, I don't know what the budget was, but it was a lot higher than C2. Um, it's like a legit Norwegian film. Well, I think hmm. it was. I think it was a studio. I think it was. I might was be, it really? I don't know enough about it, but. I think it was like a studio. He's the president of the United States. So what yeah. <laughs> in that plot? So, yeah. Samuel Jackson. Yeah. 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 So to anybody who's seen this movie, you, you play a villainous character and they, they do something really interesting with you where you're, you're very obviously a number two in, in essence that most of what you do is take orders, even when you, not to get too spoiler, but even when you kind of know you're sort of making the, the choice that is not, from command down necessarily, but your job is to be the number two. But they introduce you in a very challenging right. way. Of I'm going mean, I mean to turn the spoiler alert on just for anyone okay, watching on YouTube. Yeah, but it's so you. But I'm circling back to you. Didn't know this movie was a comedy, but you certainly knew you were a villainous character. So I'm curious. Did you find this level of villain? I mean, there's nothing more obvious in the world than the Nazis were wrong. They're the villains <laughs> in history, right? And you are playing a Nazi, and you now are not only a number two because you have agency in this decision of how we find you that is bad and it's wrong, and that was your choice, so that you can't you can't just say you were following orders. What is it like entering set? And that's how we we meet you in the movie. What is it like taking on a character with that? It's pretty heavy. Um, I mean. The first time I stepped in the costume truck and put the jacket on with the lightning bolts on the collar, the, the gravity of it, that's when it was like, oh, I'm playing a really, really nasty dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's, it's heavy, but it, there's so, like, so many actors love playing bad guys, mm. don't they? There's, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Because it gives you a, 
it gives you a freedom to make choices that that kind of normal members of society don't make. It's, it's choices that you would never make in your own personal life. So there's a there's a real freedom that comes with being able to do that and, and act that out. I don't know what that says about me, but um, no, I don't know. Yeah, now I get that. And what was it like? Um, not to be not to be too ass kissy here, but you and Axel. If anyone who hasn't seen this movie yet, obviously go see it. Turn the we're in spoiler alerts. But anyone who's watched it, I think you're going to know what I mean when I say there's a lot of mise en scène, which is not dialogue driven. It's just behavior driven, silent movie kind of driven storytelling where it's not a really dialogue heavy script. Um, for sure, for our protagonists, but even for these antagonists, Jack and Axel, who play the, the, the head Nazis, a lot of it is just behavior. Um, both of you were just relaxed as fuck in terms of the work, the acting. Like, you just seem so... Was it... Did he and you, did you guys feel like you were on the same page in terms of, like, behavior and everything? And And sometimes you're only as good as your scene partner kind of thing. And you guys were in a lot of shots together and a lot of scenes together. Did you feel like when you first started rolling with him, you were like, Oh, this is going to be good. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. I just have to be in the moment with this motherfucker. He's so good. Exactly. He really, he impressed me a lot too. Exactly that. And, and, and I think it ended up being really invaluable that doing the journey to set together. Yeah. You know, we went out for dinner and mm. hung out and, and you know, and we, we went on this crazy road trip together before we'd start work. So like it was already, oh, cool. a, there was already a, a relationship there. And Axel as a man is an incredibly cool motherfucker. Like very, very cool. <laughs> very, everything he does is very, very effortless. So, and it's hard not to be enamored by him. So the, which then obviously lent itself for me, being able to easily tap into this is a guy I will follow till the to the end of the earth, you know, because mm. I already was like this, you know, Max always a cool fucker. So, so Wolf's gonna follow Bruno. <laughs> yeah. I, I have one really spoilery question: the uh, the tank interiors was that a set? No, no. They crammed you guys in a camera in the tank. Uh huh. Yeah. They oh, holy shit! <laughs> what? How did yeah. they light it? Dude, we got in there and we were like. Oh, that fucking movie Fury, where like I was Brad just thinking Pitt, that, yeah, Brad Pitt and Burnfall and all them others, they're like, hey, it's Robin like Lerman. bigger than most Manhattan Shire. apartments. <laughs> like, that is not because they couldn't fit both of us and the camera. We mm. had to play those scenes to the lens. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, and do offline. It, obviously, not an ideal way to work scene wise. To you know, you want to work with your scene partner, you don't want to look at the side of the camera but what it gives you in terms of the yeah. authenticity and the claustrophobia and the noise and the heat and the cold and yeah all of that did you capture all the sound live was that all on set or did you have to give a little the, the tank scenes we had to yeah, yeah. that's right yeah that's good yeah yeah look fucking cool <laughs> look all you can hear is fucking tank <laughs> yeah i'm like yeah like when we were up on the mountain the winds were getting up to like 40, 50 mile an hour some days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the sound department had the, the toughest job on the whole set. Like, and that's saying I was something. thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. No moleskin in the world that'll stop that. They, no, became, no. they became meteorologists. They're like, the weather the in three days. Was, the wind was so bad, it would take 
the Nazis' helmets are. Like, just ripping feet. And they've Holy got shit. the gin straps on. Yeah. And the wind would wow. still take the helmets off. That would have been a fun shot, honestly. I was thinking well, the whole time, oh, not the whole time, but I was thinking a lot about how much uh, smoke and stuff is moving through a lot of a lot of this coverage. And mm-hmm. I didn't know, one, I didn't know if there was a wind machine for when it wasn't windy, just to keep it consistent. And two, like, was there a mist or smoke or machine like there? There was no, there we so had, many we sequences. Had that, we had crew members literally putting their hands in the dirt and throwing sand and grit in our face. Yeah, just old school. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How long did your makeup take every day? That was that was great. Um, they're a great crew. That makeup crew. Yeah, that was yeah. really really good. I think they do a lot of like horror horror genre stuff in the Nordics. That crew because they're so mm. good. Like or like you know I've been doing this for a fairly long time. I've had like scars, you know, like scars and stuff done before. These they were turning it around so quickly. Yeah, that, I was going to say that one that you ended up with at the end. How long did that take? The, the breakdown at the end of the day took longer than putting it on, like getting all wow. the dirt, grime, and the sand off of you. This leads me to a que- this leads you to a question from our audience here. Uh, so I figured I'd ask this. Here we go. It says, "Love this so much." Question for Jack: What did they use his body double for? We noticed he had a stunt That's double. That's my question. And I saw that in the credits. We noticed he had a stunt double and also body double. Was there nudity they cut? <laughs> Emoji. Awesome <laughs> fucking movie. This is a question from a guest who shall not be named yet. What do um, you think? Body double because I don't do wides. No, I'm kidding. I don't know why why I had a body double. I wondered if it was because of any pickups that happened after you left, or if there was a sex scene, like a terrible further rape scene that maybe you, yeah. No, it it was for, yeah, it was for pickups. And obviously I was 5,000 miles away, so yeah, so it was a, feeling, it was a yeah. member of the crew with dirty hands already. Those and then, like, oh, and then I had a stunt double for, and I did a lot of it myself, but um, I had a stunt double for the fight on the tank. What is the uh, film sure, union yeah, like yeah. in Finland? <laughs> What's that? What is the film union like in Finland? Are they saying they're like, oh, fuck, we need somebody you? <laughs> Non-existent. <laughs> When I saw you guys rolling in on those tanks, I was like, nobody signed a form for that. (laughs) (laughs) Some man, they set on fire. They set him on fire so many times that day. There is no way you could get away with that, like on a set in the US or in the UK. Almost anywhere, yeah. I I had that gig once. (laughs) I was the guy who lit the guy on fire. Really? Yeah, it's very therapeutic. Dave, you said yeah. I had the gig once, and then you said I was the guy who lit the guy on fire. Yeah. <laughs> a very different day from the dude getting fucking lit on fire. That's fucking hilarious. Um, wait, okay, follow really quick. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you Dave. Me? Dave. Yeah, um, you, Dave. Weapons training. I, I believed every second what you knew exactly what you're doing with your weapon. You used multiple weapons. You used the you were the gunner on the tank. You also had your own gun. I will also say, you know, back to what you're well, saying. Well, he does before. live in Concord, North Carolina now. So well, now you do. I don't know if in London they have um, <laughs> tank gun shooting ranges in you know where you grew up in in you know north of London, right? Um, what, did you did you do any on set? Did you just have to have this ahead of time? The accent, all this stuff. Did you just have to come in prepared? There's there's no gunfire. That was all post. None of those guns were working. 
But you, look, you looked like, like you knew how to yeah. use it, though. So you had to have done some kind of research on, on um, these weapons not, before. Not really. Uh, not really. I've done some other things in the past. Hooligans. Yeah. Was it your hooligan? Was that <laughs> the first time you really touched some shit? Um, was it the one in Argentina? Uh, the, this, this was not the first thing that he's done where he was handling weapons, yeah. basically. I feel like that's the... But the, the, the sniper rifle stuff, I watched... Um, I went and rewatched because um, I love him. Shooter. No, I went and rewatched Saving Private Ryan because I love oh, Barry oh, Pepper yeah. in that movie. He plays that like southern sniper. Who, you know, dude yeah. in the twenty fifth hour. Oh, oh yeah, he's he's so good in that. I love that performance. So I went back and watched that and like just tried to have a look at you know like how he was holding it, what he was doing with it, and then I kind of used that as a touchstone for the the sniper rifle relationship. That's tough having to like study. The, the action sequences in Saving Private Ryan for work. That's, that's tough. <laughs> it's a tough gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too bad. Too bad for this guy. Well, let's let's go through. Well, we're going to keep asking you questions as okay. we go, but let's talk about the movie. You guys, let's like, let's get back and kind of just like maybe go through mm-hmm. like kind of like we usually do. I just wanted to ask you guys about a few sequences and just the way they ended up telling this story. I think we opened by just talking about how how successfully on its face this story is. It is what it is. Yeah. And I think that's just really where this thing lives. Um, the the myth building. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of talk, open up and talk about that. The myth building, the legend building of this man. The man who... We haven't talked about like yet. A, who we haven't really talked Yeah, he's yeah. the fucking... That guy is so good dude that guy is uh also the pretty lead of this movie pretty light on the Go. imdb so i don't want to just keep turn it right back to jack about this but jack hopefully you can tell us where is he he has to be working right because his imdb is like a movie a year he, maybe uh, your yorma yorma yeah he's the sweetest nicest guy oh ever sure like, such a gentle soul um but he's I'm, i don't want to say because i don't know for certain but i think he does a lot of like experimental theater that sounds fucking awesome we gotta go to norway man we gotta go dave we used to run sound for that kind of shit dave you gotta run sound for one of his shows we gotta see it (laughs) i mean i love that he he said he's he's like the sweetest guy he only killed three stuntmen it's (laughs) (laughs) well i thought i thought i just thought that there was he's younger he's brother-in-law Look at that. Get the fuck out. Because he was in um, one day. All these and the guy who played Schutzer, the tank driver, is Yorma's son. Huh. And he was in big. He was the lead in Yorma's two other movies. Yeah, yeah he is. Rare yeah, exports, I, I, looked at that. And, I was going to yeah. mention that. He's his son. Awesome. That's fucking yeah. great. Yeah, that was another cool thing about it. Was it felt like a traveling troupe. Like these guys yeah. all work together all the time. So, like, oh my you God. know, it was tough for me because. At points because I'm up a mountain, I'm cold, I can't hear anything, and everyone's talking in a different language, and like I don't know, I didn't know what was going on most of the time. Because mm. like it made it made me realize how much information you pick up on a set just by osmosis, by just yeah. not eavesdropping, but just hearing what all the other departments are saying to each other. You know yeah. where you are and what's happening on and what's happening and what's gonna happen next. When that's taken yeah. away from you and everybody's just talking amongst themselves, it's hard to know where you are and where, you know, how ready do I need to be? You know, are we are we two minutes away or are we twenty minutes away? 
Nice. No, I can totally also, see that. Also, if it's like if it's like a group that already fits, you're not on you're not in on any of the in jokes either. No. So they have to explain what? the in jokes. <laughs> Don't tell me. Well, and I, I know I know we have to get back. John, John, sorry, I want to talk more about the movie, but the last thing I'll say too is that part of being the villain, and and, and I know this is a very this is an especially challenging role, especially when you bring the the, the female counterparts, you know, the people that you were dealing with in this movie, and that into the story, which we'll get to in a second. That gets challenging, but the, when it comes to just you versus Jorma, it's a hard J, right? Jorma, the more like, bad. Oft, I mean, it's like it's Jorma, like yeah. Oh, with the Y? Okay. Yeah. The more the more badass you are to Yorma, the better it makes him look. So that's probably a part of the fun of playing the belt, right? Where you're on that gun and you're trying to shoot him down and you can't hit him because he's such a badass. That probably, it's fun for both of you because it makes him look even cooler, right? Yeah. And then, and then the, like, the pressure that came on the day with the fight on the moving tank, like, you know, oh, yeah. I've watched, that was my last day on the moving. Um and like, yeah, when you I do that just for rip, safety, if you're fun, actually yeah. up on the tank, it's like, let's do that in the last day, just in case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just he gets run over and dies. Yeah. Uh, but when I first got the script and the shooting schedule at the same time, like once I had both of those things, I looked and the last two weeks were in a soundstage in Helsinki. So and I'm reading the scripts and I'm going, oh, well, a fight on a moving tank. That's That'll be nice. That'll be green screen. It'll be air conditioned and... The tank will be still I'll be safe. Nope. They'll be honest and it'll all be lovely and safe. Nope. Nope. Like Game of Thrones thing now. Uh, Fuck yes, dude. We found a disused World War II airfield and we drove the tank up and down the, the runway at 40 mile an hour with me and Yorma on the, back, on the top of the tank. Just one tiny like loop and a bit of ribbon tied to the tank to keep us on it. And, and then they had two, they had two cranes mounted on Mercedes SUVs, and were and were covering us both sides. Yeah, they Mercedes that. gave me some. Yeah, so that that that's the uh, this I think that's the thing I'm most proud of. On the is not dying. Yeah, uh, <laughs> technically but like doing that that's fight right. on a moving tank. Yeah. Spiritually, With, and you know, and I'd watch Yuma literally go through hell for five weeks standing naked in fjords where the you know the water's like yeah. 30 oh my God. Fahrenheit, Wim Hof people Wim Hof I've watched him do all of that and I was like do not let this man down by not being good like in this yeah. fight scene That's awesome. when, we, when we did that scene and he was he was bathing and I was like oh Jesus so like yeah. it made me shiver in the theatre yeah. Did you at the so rap at that. the rap party though when it all wrapped up? Did you kind of like brush up to someone and go, "So, what happened to that studio in Helsinki?" <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I should have looked closer. That was for all the stuff in the airplane. Ah, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, I figured the interior. But, I like you said that about Yorma. Axel was the one who got the most hurt on the shoot. He got a really, really bad gash on his forehead, like deep and like needed stitches, and that was in the in the soundstage yeah in the soundstage the yeah. in. in the <laughs> safest <laughs> place we have <laughs> yeah, he, kept, he, kept, he kept going though didn't he after that he after he got the stitches he yeah. kept going yeah they, they took him to hospital and he went straight back they stitched him up makeup crew put a thing over it and he went back to work <laughs> he's probably thinking yeah, the same thing it's like i'm not letting that guy down <laughs> yeah you can't be in that i like that you brought that up because i feel like that's something uh people maybe outside don't necessarily know or dig but if you're an actor and even if you're not a lot of times like the lead the lead player in a theatrical or a film or tv production will really set a tone 
um, the way that they behave and how seriously or not seriously they take the work and their their respect levels with mm-hmm. whoever, it really sets a tone. So it's I fucking love when I hear, especially when, now that you just gave us that inside baseball on he's like an avant-garde theater actor <laughs> who just comes and does this kind of stuff yeah. every now and then if the situation's right. And he took it 100% seriously with kindness and respect. And it made somebody like you, a total outsider, just be like, oh, we're going to do this as fucking serious as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm on. I'm ready. Yeah. I love that. If you, if you go to one of his shows in Norway, one of his experimental theater shows, Finland. you have to... Finland. Sorry, sorry, Finland. sorry. My fault. Finland, you have to bring us. You can pay for us again. That would be very nice of you on the company card. <laughs> and, and and we'll go. We got to see. We got we to gotta get the band together. We got to get the team back together. It's, oh my God. All these sequels I are being made elsewhere. I want to go see a fucking weird ass show uh, and play in fucking with, in Oh Finland. my God. Let's, all right. Miss hire him a black box room. Get him to MoMA. Are you not MoMA? Sorry, get him to La Mama. They, saying, they wrote your is thing. Is he available? Is he available? Oh, don't worry. I know a more experimental theater. There's, oh, there's one above the producers club. I'm gonna cast John. him in my 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 student thesis. John, get us back. Right, get, get us back, back to, into the story. Yeah, let's get back to the movie and let's keep it on him for a second because half of it is the performance and half is the storytelling. I just want to ask, and then Jack, you know, feel free to chime in. Like you were there. I know you're. You know, of course, actors aren't watching each other act, so it's not that Jack Dolan was on set every time this man was in a scene by himself. But maybe you could feel free to keep chiming on what it was like, maybe hearing about it or witnessing what you witnessed, and then seeing the final product. I want to talk about how successfully I think they pulled off introducing, they had a myth to build, they had a legend to build that they eventually literally get through with the help of Jack's, I got off the phone with the general and he's literally telling me about some specs about this guy, we're going to literally tell you a legend, we're going to hear another legend from uh, the same recounting from one of the female characters later in the film. But before that, before we actually hear them tell us exactly what we don't know yet, I thought they did an amazing job of seeing they had a they had a character who for me was so grounded in reality. This isn't a super heightened realism movie. And this character is introduced as though he is completely sincere in all of his behavior and all of his pursuits. He just happens to be in a reality where he's left the war. We learned that from expository prescript in writing. He's left the war, he's looking for gold, and he's just trying to find something to get on, on his two feet again. We see him, yeah, he's in these cool slow motion shots and everything, but we see, for me, it was the shot when he finds the gold, where you realize how, how in, in a way, there is a vulnerability there. This is just a human who needs something. And then when they start layering on this mythology, which is where the movie really takes on this larger-than-life heightened realism quality, really this guy has never been killed before let's watch it play out but sometimes that can be silly and i think i just appreciated that they had a performer they had a character sometimes in america and i'm a fan of some of these movies we have some franchises some ip that have built up mythologies around certain characters but it's almost like uh there's a there's a cheese and a sentiment to it that i did not find here i felt like this was so grounded and he was so believable that when they started putting him in absurdly heightened living through that scenario, I was still rooting for him because it was almost like I just I just felt like I if I didn't root for him, there was no one else in the world that would because he was totally alone. And I just loved how they isolated him and grounded him. And well, I, mean, I don't know, did you guys was... in the first third of this movie were you thinking yeah. about that? Were you feeling well, that? It, it also like it's it's kind of they sold it as a comedy over here, but. Once you get into the nitty gritty of it, it's like one of the one of the biggest rules is comedy doesn't hurt. And 
some of the injuries he sustained, you dealt with him dealing with those injuries and that hurt. And I feel like this, that's what grounded him. The fact that he was feeling pain. He, he was, it wasn't like the bullets were bouncing off him. He was getting shot. It was just sheer fucking determination that he kept going. And I think for me, Which, yeah, I know this gets a lot of comps. I've heard like, what if John Wick spoke less and was in World War II, you know, in Finland or whatever. But um, I think it is helpful that a lot of us seeing this have seen Inglorious Bastards because there is this duality of, um, this was fucking real. It really happened. It was really serious, and this is horseshit. But we, every time we talk about this, we can't, we can't just let it be a funeral sequence. We can't. Like we have to, we have to find some hope. We have to find. We, it, we're not just choosing Nazis here because they're easy to root against. That we have to, we have to, to have something to overcome. We have, we have to have more to this story so we can find comedy where we can get it, but also honoring that, like to find that balance is the challenge. And it takes a low budget. Yes, this is a low budget movie, but also it's filmed like an epic that you could tell that the person who is making this movie doesn't think they're making a low budget independent movie. They think they're making an epic movie and that helped it be funny, which yes, made it easier to digest, but even more than that, it, it, it let it pack a little bit of a punch for us so that we could actually be rooting for something. Um, which I think is to your point. And with that, and Jack, to bring you into this, I just want to ask, like, kind of what we were speaking about earlier. It's a, maybe it's a director's job and then everybody else's job to get on board with, how do we all get inside the same movie? Tonally, right. mood, aesthetic, style, whatever, whatever words you kind of want to attribute to it. So did you feel like watching Yorma watching Yalmarie, listening to them, the direction, everything. How did how did everyone kind of find their way into this film? Um. Or do you feel like it, it was so smooth and organic that everybody kind of was there and it was just one of those magical uh, flow kind of things? Yeah, I, I was trying to think of an answer that doesn't sound like stuff I've already said before, but uh, there's such a... Because we were so remote and we, you know, we were all living in log cabins, like, you know, we weren't like going back to a hotel. <laughs> like, I had a fairly nice one. My one had a sauna in it. But like, the, some of the crew were in like literal cabins, like with no running water and no shower. And Jesus it's Christ. It's a thing you stop in for shelter smell. on a trail. Like, <laughs> so it, yeah. so like, it smells imagining. So it, we were also, you know, everyone's away from home, everyone's away from their family. We're in ridiculously harsh conditions. You you kind of just it felt like you had no choice other than to other than submit to, to the film. <laughs> yeah, and like and get through it together and you know, and I I, I, I don't want to say it's like going to war because it isn't, it was just making a movie, but you know, you felt like oh, the good way to put it, I guess, is we all felt like we were on a mission together mm. to get this done. Yeah. And it really did breed a lot of camaraderie. Um, you know, and there was on this like campground where we were all staying, there was like this traditional, um, Hey Joe, car keys. This is my mom. Who's just popped into, uh, Oh my God. <laughs> hey, Joanne, yeah. hey, John. <laughs> hey mom. <laughs> oh God. That's good. Um, I'm buzzing John. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. That's fucking great, dude. No, not so Jack. Funny. I'm not buzzing Jack. Although you can drink. But... Yeah, you got to get the car keys. That's what there that is. Yeah, like yeah. be part of the game. Um, there was this hut, like, a, and it's like a traditional Finnish style hut thing. 
with a hole in the middle of the roof. And like yeah, a sweat lodge kind of. No, more like they do drugs in there, kind of shit, like, or like a place to hang out and cook, and and like there would be wow. a reindeer skin that you'd sit on, and there'd be a fire in the middle, and certain yamari call yes. it the wall. Yes, John, you can do drugs in there. It's like, <laughs> thank you. That's all I really was like. Don't tell me. <laughs> Wait, I can do drugs in there, right? <laughs> um, and yamari. We're all fantasizing being at this fucking rocket. <laughs> God, we gotta go. <laughs> you can do drugs and nobody would know. The police are a million miles away. <laughs> Cell service is terrible. Also, drug dealers are a million miles away. Um, <laughs> there's Jack's buzz. Jack finally got his buzz. He's bummed that there's no tr- drug dealers nearby. Um, <laughs> finally, away from the kids. John. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Finish, finish your fucking yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm recording the war room. And we, you know, we would all meet on a Friday evening after the week had finished, and they would like put some salmon and some reindeer on an open fire, and, you know, and we'd all sit around and drink whiskey, and they'd be playing hand caught salmon. I bet. So like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the the making of the movie felt like a movie in itself. So well, like, I want to see it. Yeah. Did, that's that's kind of what I wanted to get Did they to, also take yeah. anyone who took over six takes in minus 25 degrees back there and beat the shit out of them at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah, come on. There's got to be a big board. Yeah, the Yambri doesn't do minus six takes of anything. Yeah. Uh, it uh, felt like that. That's what I, one thing uh, I love so much ex- about it. Because the, 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 the Yambri ended up having to throw the leg himself to like... <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Because the winds were like 45 mile an hour. Like we were throwing yeah. the leg up in the air and it was like... So safety, safety goggles then. It's like, which way do we need back. the leg to go? It's like, well, the leg's going that way today. <laughs> well, how do we get the blood? It's like the wind will do all of that. Just yeah. fucking throw it. They used so much blood on that job. <laughs> it was so, like, I thought the boys was wild, like with the amount of blood. Yeah, the but, hero gasm episode where you got I'm fucking... Imagining, dist- I'm imagining the war room hut. They're like reindeer, like neck slit, like every night before shoot, just draining reindeer for tomorrow's yeah. All blood. of the carcasses of the food you <laughs> ate during the shoot, up. just hanging up. None everybody. of this goes to waste. <laughs> All of this is good. I was vegan before I went to Finland. <laughs> Delicious reindeer. That needs to be a bumper sticker. Oh, yeah, Finland broke my veganism. Hey, that's Jack a- sent me a video. Jack sent me a video of them uh, driving to set one day. And there's it's beautiful and and there's reindeer just running b- along the car but with the car on the side of the road, just fucking that, that like was one of my, or whatever. The, that was one of mine and Axel's drives through up to Norway. That's fucking beautiful. Um, <laughs> that's fucking beautiful. We re- we rented a car and the production came to us and they went, but you're not going to Norway, right? Because you know you won't have insurance. We were like, no, 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 we're not going. We're not going. No, we would never go to Norway. No, yeah. no. Yeah, immediately across the border. <laughs> Norway. Yeah. It was like, they They're know like, me there. what's in yeah. Norway? It was so cool because we were, we were listening to Bonnevo, me and Axel both. Oh, fuck loved. yeah. And it was, uh, I can't remember which track. It was, which one? Come on. It was Holocene. Oh, yeah. It was Holocene. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, we cranked it up and then the like, <laughs> reindeer just ran past as the tune Damn was- it. Gender. I feel like you need to like send that. Where are the drug to, dealers? Uh, Come on. This is like, <laughs> yeah, no drugs. People required, all over the bro. world do yeah. drugs to, to experience that without having to actually go there to do it. I'm kidding. Like, we guys like, what, they rented, uh, what they rented was the tank and he's up there with the gun, just getting dinner for the week. It's like, <laughs> so back, 
back to the movie. I want to I want to shout out and Jeff and Dave hop in here and just just I, I just I can't get over. And I know that, again, like I said at the very beginning, they're not marketing it this way, which I understand that you shouldn't do that. But for, for people who like movies, this is just so shamelessly independent. It was just it was my favorite thing about it. The way that they so cleanly set up, you know, we talk all the time in dramaturgy and screenwriting and structuring. Oh, how do you, what, what do you, what's the job? What do you actually do? This just whittled it down to the basics so much. We have a protagonist, who, and it's, it's almost literally separated by the chapters. So we can kind of talk about that too. But we have our protagonist, Gold, right? That's our first, that's our first chapter, I believe, where this yeah. man, we learned just enough about him to get on board with what he wants and what he needs. And then what do we do immediately afterwards? Nazis. We introduce his obstacle. We introduce, mm-hmm. and, and we, and then immediately when we introduce the obstacle, there's the inciting incident that introduces what these two people, two forces are going to be pushing against for the rest of the movie. And that's it. That is this movie. There yeah. is, there is in, in the most successful way possible, there was really no more, no less. We don't mm. introduce, we hear very briefly about, um, God, he, he he has a name, but the the main protagonist that played by Yorma Atomy, I don't think they ever say his Atomy. name. You say his name maybe what's, once. What's in that, the Russian in that... word they called him? Koshai. Sof- Koshai. Koshai. Thank you. We hear at some point that he did lose his family f- from the Russian conflicts. Like so, uh, we we did hear that maybe that includes, but we never see a flashback. We never yeah. go into his past. They never try to murk it up. The Nazis now. Good on y'all, Marie, for using Nazis because nobody ever needs to feel like they need to layer the the character elements <laughs> of Nazis. They're Nazis, but it, just for the sake of the structure and how clean it is, we keep it very. I love that he gave Axel. That scene was so important for me, where he he's talking to you and he's like, "We're we're fucking losing the war. Yeah, we need this. Goal. Yeah, we're like, gonna get fucking hung. Yeah, we're fucked at the end. So this is our only I love way out. That. Yeah. It wasn't I love just Nazis saying it wasn't just mustache twirling Nazis that it could have been. That would have been enough for some people to just say, oh, they're bad people. Of course, they just want to terrorize this man, scorched earth, take everything they can. But Axel had purpose. And you got on board with it. Your character got on board with it. So it made it it made Nazis personal. I know that's super <laughs> fucked up, but it kind of took the uniform away from you for a second. And I saw I started watching about I started watching a movie about people lost in the wilderness and they had nothing but their desire nothing but what they needed. And that's when this movie, I feel like, really took off for me. It wasn't just the action and just the violence, which is fucking great. It wasn't just the storytelling, which was, you know, really clean. It started to be about, like, how do we how do we tear down these men in the middle of fucking nowhere? And we just have nature versus nature, the human nature versus the elements. And I just, God, it just it started giving me tones of that movie, The Grey, yeah. Uh, the Liam Neeson yeah, film. Liam. It's just those wonderful movies where people are out in the elements and suddenly a fucking, um, oh shit, what's the movie with the river with the, the male, the male, uh, God damn it, what's the, John Voight? Yeah, no, Deliverance. And I just feel like that's when this movie started taking on a a sophistication, if you will, Put the genre aside for a second. Put the violence and the blood aside. Put the way that they're marketing aside. I started sensing something more sophisticated in the storytelling when that started happening. It felt almost Brechtian to me. It was so fucking exposed. And it was so aware of itself that, I don't know, were you guys sensing any of this? Like, I also was just having a great time. But just looking back on it, like, I felt like there's something so deep in the minimalism. 
I'm going to buzz just, you for really using a word you learned at school. <laughs> Which one? I just said a lot of, a lot of uh, some scores. <laughs> he uses flashcards every night to remember them all. <laughs> no, I, I, Guys, I agree. This, this, what did you, no, what'd you think? Was, like, what, it wasn't just a fun time, right? Like, why no, is the, uh, this? Was, can't this was just be fun and have a great yeah, movie. This was filled in perfectly. Like everything that every piece of information they needed to communicate was communicated in a very unique way that a lot of audiences, in, especially in this country, wouldn't see normally. Um, because depend, sure. yeah, depending on you know what country you're dealing with, they tell stories in different ways, and this was a very, I want to say abrupt and concise way of telling the story well, it and it is, works beautifully of it is because because you, you, english isn't yamari's first language and i mean he speaks great english but it's not his first language hmm. <clears throat> so and he wrote you know he wrote sisu as well and so he he can't rely on the lazy the laziness of it, of just verbal exposition because it's harder for him to write English dialogue than it is. So actually what it does is it gives him a very, a very good grasp of show, don't tell. So like he shows, he shows you, you know, like there's some moments right at the beginning that I love because what he's doing is, is exposition, but he's using images, which Mm -hmm. is just makes it cleaner and more beautiful. And you know, like Artemy just running, running his finger over his wedding band and, Okay, yep. this guy. That was all we needed. His wife's nowhere to be seen. So you're like, oh, so this guy has either lost his wife. There's, there's some trauma there. Then he takes his shirt right. off. And you see all the scars. So yeah, the scars. You know, perfect. this guy means business, but you don't have to be told. You know, I know we tell the legend later, but yeah, you know this exactly. guy is is someone and the dog tags and the guy. And it's just a it's a beautiful, almost exercise in that adage of. Shot, don't tell. That's what if I was. Yeah, I was actually yeah, disappointed kind of, yeah. when people started talking. Like uh, it was, it was working so well for me. <laughs> there was a minute for me where I was like, "Is this going to be a silent film?" Uh, Fuck yeah! Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. It, it, told me at one point there was one cut when no one spoke for twenty-eight minutes, and uh-huh. I'm pretty sure he was like, "That was too much, too much." <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I you know, found the limit. Like, I think it's like seventeen minutes or something. If you, as long as you don't count the the you know, the, the preamble before you see him. Yeah. Right. yeah I think right. that's right, 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 right. we see an actual character speak in the movie. I also loved that shot and Dave chime in here if you want. Um, this is a, another wonderful example of with the minimalism of the storytelling, it lined up with the minimalism of a low budget film. How do we take advantage of CGI and show that war is happening? We put planes flying overhead way in the clouds so we don't have to make them too defined. And we do it with sound. And we have him walk up to the edge of an incredible natural vista. And we put we put explosions in the distance behind the clouds. And we let yeah. sound and gentle visual effects do the work for us. We don't I can't imagine how much that shot costs. They, they I bet use, they spent they all their money as well. on that shot of the burning city. Yeah, Banshee's... And, and, and the shot down. around his face was like a 360, right? Didn't yeah, the, go around the burning him? city. What, what what town did you guys burn down? <laughs> <laughs> we had a party. It was the night of the rap. Kill! <laughs> go up on the... <laughs> I think the town that's on fire is supposed to be Robert Niemi, which is, which is weirdly now is the biggest tourist destination in mm. 
Finland. Like that's where people go. Yeah, that was a beautiful composite shot. But where did you actually do it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I bet it was. That's what I'm saying. I bet it wasn't real. I bet that was one of the only like truly visual element shots. They sent me a um uh, a video that was part of the EPK, the electronic press kit, that was uh, like a short, and it was about ten minutes just on the just about the visual effects team. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll see if I can dig it out on, on my emails and I'll send it to you. Yeah, because um, so many of those explosions were practical, right? Emails. I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the explosions were practical, right? A lot, a lot of the ones we got to watch were yes. maybe sweetened with some uh, visual effects, but gunfire wasn't. Gunfire was post. Most explosions, the mines, um, me shooting him, me shooting him with the big machine gun across. He's running up the hill. That was practical. Um, explosions that was God, that's it's, good um, it's like dirt blasts the biggest one yeah the biggest one they did was the, the plane and yeah, they, the plane they crash that in a swamp and they used something like 200 kilos of tnt or something it looked like it. <laughs> oh that's what i'm talking about folks yeah. that's what i'm talking about independent filmmaking it looks like they had like two or three cameras set up and they were like Everybody ready? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This, no, this like, is fucking it. Dude. It's like fucking Tropic Thunder where he sets it off at the wrong time. <laughs> Danny, Danny McBride. That's so, funny. That's so good. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about, and guys, tell me if you agree. One thing I really enjoyed, and again, not an American film. And I think this is plays to the strength because of, uh, because of that fact, the pace never allowed itself to get eaten by the momentum of the of the actions that were happening. I felt like it stayed grounded in the pace that it set up from the beginning. It, again, this has like Tarantino-y kind of elements, but it never started collapsing onto itself and picking yeah. up and becoming super like, momentous. No, and the, I enjoyed the pace, that a lot. The pace fit the action. Well, and sure. to that too, yeah. and, and it's, again, I'm going to keep saying it, it's still my biggest, my biggest like surprise, but not shock, is Jack not knowing this was a comedy? It, and and I know it's a Nazi movie, so like it's it's sort of a catch twenty two. Even like it's not going to be a pure comedy, of course. But it's if you were to speed it up, it would become reckless. And so you have to accept if if it was a pure historical drama, you have to know that audiences would question things like him being underwater for ten minutes. And um and I've done the Wim Hof thing, and he you know with the breath holds and stuff. And I imagine you had to do that to get you know through this shoot. Um, but then later with the hanging, and he's like in a cut. You know, and uh, like, you've done that? Not underwater. <laughs> not underwater. That? I've just uh, above water. I've gotten like three minutes, three and a half minutes. I've gotten the breath you, holds. You sucked the air out of wow. someone else's lungs. No, okay. Uh, this might okay. Hold it's on. the longest Jeff has ever gone yeah. without talking. By the way, listener, three, <laughs> three yeah. minutes and how many seconds is that? <laughs> no, fuck, I buzz you all. Fuck everybody. Jesus. Fuck everybody, Jack. Um, but I well, actually, speaking of the water sequence, I love how Jack. We need to remind ourselves that he's a sharpshooter, even though he keeps missing our main character. So I love that Jack's a sharpshooter when it's his own guy. It's just boom, one shot. But this other guy just fucking all over the place. Da, 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 da. But it's like, just so just, you know, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Um, okay, in the leg. <laughs> you guess. I say, yeah. But so, so yeah. Back, to, back to John before. Yes, this was a comedy, and yeah, we were rooting for him, but and it fucking hurt. I mean, it, it's hard to. He was. I mean, he was brutalized to the point where it was a comedy, but it was like, get us back, dude. Like, I know at the end I'm going to go, yes, but like they really tested us. And I appreciate, so to finish to answer this question, I appreciated that they didn't rush it because they 
if if they really cared about are people going to believe us? Is this, you know, is it, are they going to think this is exactly how it happened? That kind of bullshit. They probably would have picked up the pace so that we, people, he wouldn't be underwater for 10 minutes. But at the same time, I'm glad they just trusted it. They knew their tone. They knew that they could rely on the, at least the comedic elements to the point where the audience could be like, I know this has, if not a happy ending, I know it's going to have a satisfying ending in some way, shape or form. So that it was able to get us to those points. Even the guy survived a hanging overnight. You know what I mean? Like, and, and and honestly, like, that was fine. Dude, that not that, enough for that one second. Rebar in the uh, in the side, the girl in the seat behind me was me. fucking squirming. That was me. Uh, I was standing there. And I was like, just stand. Oh, fucking stand on it. Oh, like like. Oh my god, man. Oh, and squirming. then what happened? Yeah, what, what, let's all let's all weigh in. Did he just? Did he go to sleep after that? Did he yeah. black out? Get like, a couple what, sleeps. What Get a couple <laughs> sleeps in there. That was like stay <laughs> Oh, I'm good. It's holding me up. I can breathe. I'll take a nap. How do you think his character, Atomy, would have, would have? Uh, how do you think he would fit into our 21st century, new new age sensitive? He'd do be doing shows. He'd be doing shows at La Mama. That's what he'd be doing. He'd be out there fucking doing the experiments and shit. Oh, there's a dog. Well, I mean, he gave he gave uh, yeah, women sorry. guns. He's obviously woke. We haven't talked enough about the women. That was true. That was fucking cool because we knew that they were going to play a bigger part of the story, but they really kept them at bay. They didn't didn't do the Mad Max thing where they told us the whole movie, just so you know, they're going to come up later. And then when they got their comeuppance, it was like, holy shit. I have to say, Jack, when when your comeuppance came in my theater, it got cheers. Yeah. When when they thought they were going to leave you, like he was going to leave you, and then the girls just came walking out and cheers in my my theater. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, cool. Yeah. I do. I do want. I do. I do want to put this question out there, and Jack, feel free to answer it. I really thought those ladies were going to surround you, and I was going to see you, Hitler, at, at the end of Inglorious Bastard style, just a thousand squibs going off of them, just fucking filling you up with lead. Why didn't they kill you? What What do you think the What do you think the logic was behind why they wanted to bring you back with them for? prisoner of war just to prove that they were prove they got the tank i, I, have, I thought prove they got the tank from that i have a sequel clause put in all of my independent movie contracts honestly <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly. Do your movie but i want to do the next one too um sure sure i, I don't know i don't, i i know we're sitting and discussing the movie but uh sorry New delivery. Oh, we just got. Oh my God! Did Carlos Baroto just give you a beer in North Carolina? No, AKA John's mom. Uh, Ray shot. AKA John's oh dad. <laughs> oh my God! John's whole family is in this podcast. <laughs> my whole fucking family is in my extended family. My immediate. Can family. we get Ray shot's face in this frame or what? He's like, Dad, you gotta at least get in it if you're gonna get in <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, there, there, he there he is. People oh, get on YouTube. <laughs> there he the is. Golf legend. Hey, Dad. <laughs> hey, hey. What's up? I broke your microwave once. Remember me? Yeah, say that again. I yes. broke your microwave once. Remember? I already, I already said you owe me a microwave oven. Ah, you yeah. <laughs> that part didn't you? Oh, we, we've take... already been talking. Jesus Jack, Jack pays for me now. So. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right, good to see y'all. Bye. Good to see you, Rachel. Right, man, see ya. That's how we treat our guests. Oh, yeah, on this yeah. Stuff. Okay, yeah. I even thought. I even thought maybe. I'm not gonna lie, Jack. I love you. You're 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 a family member. Yeah. How do we kill him? I was like, if they don't fucking kill him, I was disappointed they didn't fucking kill you. But I was like, oh, you didn't why like. Why isn't he fucking naked hanging on that tank? <laughs> oh, why, it's fine. Like, how do we how do we humiliate him? I, mean, I thought I, I thought what it. I was under the impression when I read it. 
I was under the impression that when I'm hogtied up on the barrel, I thought, uh, I was like, oh, I'm just going to be all like mutilated and dead. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, it was a choice they made and I didn't question it because... I think they, yeah, it's a POW thing. Honestly, though. prisoners of war, yeah. That you yeah, want to, you want you want to question him, like all this stuff. And also, how badass is it? The women come in, and they're like, oh, I think it was and also it's like, do you have any questions about us that. being able to kill Nazis? We tied one up and put it on the gun. That's what I think it was. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was a more fun statement because if they, if they had come back without you, it would have been we escaped. Yeah, exactly. Whereas when we brought when we come back with you, we fucking took we literally took prisoners and left no. You know, nobody else. So I and think can we say, Mim- that was fucking beautiful. Mim- Mimosa Willamo, I believe is her name. Um, pretty new to, to me. I, I had never seen her in anything before. But She, works, has- she works pretty solidly in the Nordics. She's uh, fucking awesome in yeah. this movie, yeah. She's, Very good. She, she's a talent. She is a talent. Hmm. Um, yeah, I believed I believed every every breath she took, yeah. We got to hang out a fair bit when we all went up to Toronto for the festival. And she's really, really cool. Really, really cool. I've got, I've got a How feel- did you guys? I've got a feeling we'll be know- on other stuff like very soon. Yeah, nice. I mean, I hope this changes a lot of your lives. You, you included. Mm. I mean, this is super successful. Last movie question I wanted to just put out there because I thought it was so much fun. I loved him walking back into what city is that supposed to be? The final city? Helsinki. Helsinki. Yeah, sure. So he comes back into the capital, dumps his gold. I loved, I loved how the scattering. <laughs> of the roaches, the banker, the people and the civilians, the yeah. bankers getting out of the way. Gringotts there. How did good. how did your audience how did your audiences react to um him speaking? I heard a bunch of people, a lot of people like laughed in my theater. Uh but I think I think more people I think even more people laughed at just the reaction of the teller, that that woman when he pours all that and just the way he, I mean he just looks like the absurdity of that last scene i just thought i thought the whole thing worked really well and everybody had a great time i thought it was a good ending did your theaters know. like it i i think uh yeah, oh yeah my our, our theater my theater liked it i think i would have preferred like a willie's wonderland type, type type of thing where he just said nothing the whole film i was thinking about that i'm sure they thought a lot about it though that, yeah. i left the theater thinking I kind of wish he said nothing, but at the same time, I bet you they thought. I mean, what he did say was months. fucking gold, but I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's got to be. But I know what you mean. There's got to be a cut where they were like, "Let's just cut before he says the line, and let's see how it plays." For some reason, they chose not to. Yeah, Jack. Final things I wanted because we are. I know we're going long here. We are but going long. I just wanted to I hear have another, about I have the another reception question too from the fans. I just, oh, fresh I just this, good, good, good. The reception in Toronto. I just, just, I, you don't have to tell us the, every what fucking detail. What did it feel detail. like to see long, this movie? Seriously. You're talking to me about what that was like, dude. Like this had such a fucking fantastic reception. And that's the kind of thing that I think a lot of people don't quite understand. How does a movie who nobody's seen yet already have hype around it? So like, just talk a little bit about what that was like going to that red carpet for uh, Toronto, the premiere. And they being like, yes, Midnight this comes show. out in nine months. <laughs> it, it. It premiered at the at the midnight showing at the midnight the the bit within Toronto that's called Midnight Madness, which still caters more to genre stuff. And mm. Rare Exports played there ten years ago and was uh, a huge, huge hit. So I'm pretty sure that the program um, the programmers at Toronto, you know, keep up with Yamari and uh, they're always like, hey, whatever you've got a movie, you know, make sure we get it. Um, so I think like within that crowd, that was how word spread. Cause we were in the, we were in like, um, the, are you still there? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 
We've still, we've still got you. You're we've still I just got, got you. a low battery. Okay. Ah. Um, uh, we... If we lose you, thank you. <laughs> keep keep talking until we die until you die. So, yeah, we were in the Princess Alexandria, which is like this beautiful Victorian theatre. It's got the red velvet and um, and it was packed like full crowd at midnight. And what was really really cool, and this was Yalmarie's doing, was he flew the composer over, and the composer was stood on stage with an electric guitar playing the score as everyone came in to watch the movie. Oh. And they just set the oh, that's good. Like, so beautifully. That's good. Cool. Because everyone's listening to this like dark, moody yeah. stuff. And then I love that stuff. You know, that midnight man is they're wild. Like, you know, I've never heard cheers and and stuff like it. So yeah, it was great. Really, really cool. And then this led to uh, a bidding war between a few different companies. They were going for it because Je- Jeff, you made that joke. But when they go into that premiere, they don't. There is no release date, right? You know, no, no one, no one had started purchasing or bidding or anything yeah. yet. So it's just so unique. Well, I'm just. This is great, dude. This is like right. this does not happen very often, folks. This is not. Um, because we we, we kind of just touched on it, but just to be super clear, this is not Bong Joon Ho's Parasite winning the Palme d'Or at Cannes, no. and then obviously rolling into theaters internationally. And people who were surprised that that did so well, there's a little bit. I was always like, why are you so surprised? That's like one of the number one <laughs> film festivals. Like it's not it's not that shocking. This I think this kind of movie breaking out and then getting a wide release in the West, I think that is just, I think it's really remarkable and nobody is disliking this yet on a major scale i feel like everybody is having yeah. fun there's very few critics have, who have had the nerve to say something de- negative and it's True. none of it's really that uh that bad, fearful the couple bad reviews i've seen budget right i'm like what were you what yeah. were you expecting they saw yeah. this with losers yeah it is, we did what we said on the tin like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know well, I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the things we trailer. hate about reviewers. They go, they go after you know their day of work or whatever. They might have had a shit day. They could have got dumped or that week. Anything could happen, t- and they see it and they write a review based on the what they're feeling. Maybe so, some saw it in Toronto, but it sounds like some saw it with a bunch of other critics. You know, they sound sure. like you know because yeah. yeah, we, we had about fifteen reviews come out of after Toronto. Um, so yeah, about about fifteen after Toronto, and then all of the others have come since yeah. this week. Honest, but it's the reviews are generally high. Yeah, it's certified fresh, and the audience score is very very high. The last question we have from yeah, our guests question. here is Jack. What is your personal? Because we haven't we didn't do like a favorite kills in the movie, which we might have done otherwise. Somebody wants to know what is your favorite kill in the movie. I don't know if they specified whether it's one that you did or not. Again, yours would be limited to killing your own people, so that maybe isn't the answer. <laughs> but what is your favorite kill in the movie? And were there any other kills that got cut from the movie? Um, no, I don't know. One of you, one of you mentioned earlier, and then we never got to talk about it, about whether there was a lot on the cutting room floor. Dude, yeah. enough. Every every sentence of that script is in the movie. Like Good. what you see on screen is what was on the page. Good. And they had ninety minutes right on the dot. It's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite uh, kill? Favorite kill is, and, it, and it, especially because of who it is. So there's one of the one of the truck drivers when we're you know it's in the kill them all section. Um, 
<laughs> one of the truck drivers and the knife comes through and he looks one way. Is <laughs> 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 that was he was a really good friend of mine on, on set. He's a real character, but he, he's actually one of the electricians. <laughs> yeah, they like, they like ran out to like to get us the back. cigarette smoking was you know yeah, who, who hasn't wanted to do that to an electrician on set honestly yeah. <laughs> guys what was your favorite kill what was your when he threw the landmine mm. all of a sudden a landmine <laughs> like a fucking on that pancake in somebody <laughs> i felt Dave, bad for the two uh, girls but you knew they were gonna yeah but i mean he stole mine that was it was the same it was the landmine the, the landmine throw. Right? i laughed out loud yeah. in the theater and clapped my favorite one was my favorite one was for sure too like they're, they're all so fucking fun but they have to come out with a really cool one at the beginning that was my favorite one the knife through the knife the head. Head. yeah just just the, turn around. <laughs> so the look, the look so on fast. that guy's face like, oh my god it was that so shut him up he didn't yell that is the live action equivalent of south park doing shut your fucking face uncle fucker at the start of the movie it's like this is what you're in for if yeah. you don't like it, yeah. leave now. Yes. <laughs> that first sequence I thought was oh, yeah. so, so good. And it just, all the execution of that. Yeah. The decision making was so anyway, good. Anyway, this was so much fun. Jack. But thanks for bearing with us, Jack, bearing with us, listeners. First time we've really done kind of like a little half interview, half review style. This was fun for us. I hope it was fun for everybody at home. It was fun for uh, you. Jack told Jack. us about this movie six months ago. We're so happy we finally get to talk about it. Yeah, this has been such a journey. Jack, when did you film that? Uh, Full of 21. Jesus Christ. Boom. There you go, folks. That even an independent, right? This is not like some major motion picture. Like, you know, sometimes people think smaller movies take less time. Nope. Smaller, quote, smaller, less, you know. This is, you know, a long time in the in the making. It premiered at Toronto this past year, this past winter. So, or last fall, would it have been? Yeah, fall of 22. Yeah, to fall of 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Anyway, congratulations. Fucking Jeff, cool. Jeff is pushing awesome. all sorts of buttons over there. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. Jeff, are you, Jeff, was, are you gushing? I was about to gush me? just this all, but you're in the middle. Of, you're still talking. Sure, sure, sure. No, I mean, you might as well. if you. There you go. <laughs> just gush us all because we all had too much fun talking about Cheers, it. Cheers, boys. Last too drink of the, the proper show, and then we'll do our recommendations of the week. To Sisu, make sure you tell your friends to go see it. Yeah. Go fucking see it. I don't all know right, what button you right. push, but you have to turn that off because it's not showing up on mine. I got it. Well, <laughs> friends, we have now reached that part of the episode where we tell you what we've been watching in our segment, What You've Been Watching. We'll give you our recommendations of the week. We'd like to start with Dave, but we have a guest today, so why don't we go ahead and start with our guest unless we need some extra time this week, Jack, to think about what you've been so, seeing. So what, what, are we, what are we doing? Uh, recommendations. <laughs> what you've been watching, other things you like that you want to yeah. shout out. Um, Anything you've been watching recently? I Paw Patrol season two. I've been watching a lot of Paw Patrol. Um, <laughs> Super Kitties. Super Kitties is big at the moment. Lion. Yeah. No, but um, I'm watching season two of Mayor of Kingstown on uh, Paramount. Wait, uh, is that already? Yeah. Yeah, it's out. Fucking I'm a season. huge Jeremy Renner fan. Oh yeah. Um, and I like Sheridan's whole thing he does. Um, I waited on him one time. This, oh, really? Was he nice? Please tell me he was nice. He was very was nice. There that day. He was very nice. He had his whole family there. His whole family. <laughs> he, took, he took four smoke breaks and he ordered the footlong hot dog. <laughs> um, That's exactly the, the answer I wanted. <laughs> there's an actor in it who I, I, I'm sure he's been working for years, but 
I was the first time I've ever seen him. He's called Taylor Handley. He plays Jeremy Renner's little brother in it. And I just think he's really, really, really good. He does so much without doing a lot. So I'm going to shout out another fellow actor, Taylor Handley. There's my record. Nice. Love it. Cool. Fuck yeah. Dave? Dave. Uh, I tuned into a new show called Monsterland, which is, uh, it's basically, it deals with uh, monsters. It's almost like- Monsters. Yeah, I want to say X-Files, but um, but it's not life. people trying to solve the thing. There's like the first one I saw was very dramatic, very intense. And yeah, you deserve that. And very weird. So it's it might be with look. I've, I'm one episode in. The, it got me with the twist where they, in, like, they introduce the monster part of it into the, the drama. Um, cause it's for, at first it was just a serial killer drama and then it turned out it wasn't, it was a creature. So, um, that, that's the first episode. I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, and also this week I happened to go to a screening at the, uh, dock and roll film festival down at Nighthawk, uh, in Brooklyn, uh, of a film I worked on a couple of years ago. Uh, it was the Lee Fields documentary, Faithful Man. Cool. And nice. yeah, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't cool. seen it. Uh, I went and... to Birdman at, at the Nighthawk the first mm-hmm. time I ever went to New York. Yeah. And, and I walked in there and I was like, this is the coolest cinema I've ever <laughs> Right. Uh, it is sat, pretty cool. I, I felt like I was in a movie, about to go and see a movie. And <laughs> movie they only play movies. Yeah. They yeah. only play movies with the word man at the end of the title. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it was, it was great. Yeah. Nighthawk's it was, a great cinema. It was great to finally see that documentary because I haven't, seen it since i worked on it like two years ago um yeah. they've been working on it for 10 years um Jesus. yeah, yeah. and uh yeah right <laughs> i do not have the patience so respect um and yeah it was great we all went down for an after party in the bar i left some of our coasters laying around yes yeah fuck yeah <laughs> love a cinema coasters, coasters. Oh. you're gonna mail me some i gotta gotta put those yeah, things we'll, out we'll all, around, yeah. all around all around la yeah, I, made them, dude, I, did, I have the address i did so i did a fucking bar crawl of brooklyn that night and i left coasters everywhere I'm about to go. I'm going on a like a speakeasy tour at some point. I met a guy the other night, and yeah, we're def- kind of setting something up. So, dude, give me some yeah, coasters. Def- so I can just definitely leave, leave them in speakeasies. That, that is our target audience. Breweries. Yeah, send them to. What you say, Jack? Send some here, and I'll leave them out in the breweries. Be mine. I think that I think that would be a good idea. Yeah, we should just like yeah. randomly leave these places. Yeah. I think I've got about thirty That's left. Fine. Dave, send them out. Let's go. That's fun. I have been watching. Uh, I've been uh, keeping up with with Saul. Still loving it. Better Call Saul. And I started watching inadvertently. Kind of sat down because Elizabeth was watching the very end. I think they just finished or you know released a recent later season of Working Moms. Nice. Uh, I think my sister really likes that show. Actually, Jack's Jack's wife um, and started it over. Boys is in it. Who? Christian, who plays my twin in the Boys. She's in. She's in season. Awesome. One of the TNT twins. Yeah. Other than Jack. <laughs> it's good. This is a show by Catherine Reitman, who is the daughter of Ivan Reitman, younger sister nice. of Jason Reitman. Uh, you may know her from It's Always Sunny, but you know, really, I'm, I genuinely, I thought it was pretty fucking entertaining. I'm pretty impressed by that show. I'm having fun watching it. So... How about you, Jeff? I'm finally caught up on Succession, and God, it's been good, man. Rory Culkin, <laughs> everybody shouting out Rory Culkin this season. Man, he's come to his own, man. It's so good. And I you like Ted. Kieran, right? What? You mean Kieran Culkin, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Buzz him. This for, yeah, that Jack technically buzzed you on that motherfucker. Yeah, Jesus. 
He plays Roman Kieran R's. Fuck everybody. Okay, so yeah, it's Kieran Culkin is awesome on the. He's he's doing a really good. I love everybody. I love Tom. He already got his Emmy, so I put him off to the side. Give Kieran his co- his fucking. Let's go with the statues. I really like. They, they just changed his category, so he's in. He's up for lead now. Oh no, I don't know if he. I don't know. That's too bad. It's too bad. But I mean, it's good for him, I guess. In the Al Pacino wanted to be a lead in the Godfather sense, even though it was an automatic loss to Marlon Brando. But anyway, whatever. Um, good for him. He's doing great. I love Tom. He's. he's I like his sound bites. Uh, you know, it's a good show. It's fantastic, and I really like the Matson character. I, Alexander I worked character. with um, Matthew McFadden, who plays Tom Wamscombs, when I and was like, fourteen. What? He, yeah, he used to be in a. He used to be in a show in England called Spooks that was all about MI5, all about the secret uh, secret service. Did you, are you caught up in succession? Uh, the last one I saw was when they were up in the Alps. That's it, yeah. So we haven't so seen it. I'm caught up. Yeah. Um, the, the Connor's wedding episode, the, Tom's sound bites are actually the ones that are like haunting me the most. For what it's worth. Shut anyway. the fuck up. No, what I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, no fucking at Connor spoil that at shit. Connor's wedding. Tom is my right. favorite character. Fuck you. I haven't seen shit else. It's been a busy week. Go fuck yourself. So Connor I'm has caught a up on Ted Lasso. Shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, mom and dad are fighting. I like the Sunflowers episode better than the most recent episode. Shut up, Dave. Get in your room, you little bastard. <laughs> fucking hate this family. Ted Lasso's taking a lot of swings. They're taking swings. I like the Sunflowers. It's taking a lot of swings. We'll see if they all land. Beard needs to just be beards. But I like it. Got, we got to wrap this up. People, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again, Jack Doolin, for coming on this show and being our first guest of it, who was also in the movie that we're talking about. We really appreciate it. Thank you to the Sisu marketing team for not trusting us with this, but also not <laughs> listening ahead of time. And thank you all for listening. And we'll see you again soon, film fans. Bye.